This is day 127 of our daily Bible reading. Today we will be completing Proverbs chapters 3 through 7. Lord Heavenly Father, all wisdom exists through you. You are the source of all wisdom, all knowledge, all love and compassion, all grace and mercy, power and majesty. You are the only God, and you are the only thing we need in order to be successful in this world. There is no life, there is no wisdom apart from you. May we understand that and stop seeking these things in the world that are so vain and don't satisfy. Lord, with knowledge of you and with the proper fear of you, may we be content. May we be sufficient in our ways. Lord, please bless the reading of this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver, and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up, and the skies drip with dew. My son, let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul an adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence, and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, 
when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not devise harm against your neighbor while he lives securely beside you. Do not contend with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Though he scoffs at the scoffers, yet he gives grace to the afflicted. The wise will inherit honor, but fools display dishonor. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, then he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will guard you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is, acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Hear, my son, and accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded, and if you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not pass by it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they do evil, and they are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead, and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the paths of your feet, and all your ways will be established. 
Do not turn to the right or to the left. Turn your foot from evil. My son, give attention to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may observe discretion, and your lips may reserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and smoother than oil is her speech. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold of Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways are unstable. She does not know it. Now then, my sons, listen to me, and do not depart from the word of my mouth. Keep your way far from her. You do not go near the door of her house, or you will give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one. And strangers will be filled with your strength, and your hard-earned goods will go to the house of an alien. And you groan at your final end, when your flesh and your body are consumed, and you say, How I have hated instruction, and my heart spurned reproof. I have not listened to the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to my instructors. I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation. Drink water from your own cistern, and fresh water from your own well. Should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets? Let them be yours alone, and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed, and rejoice in the wife of your youth. As a loving hind and a graceful doe, let her breasts satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress and embrace the bosom of a foreigner? For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he watches all his paths. His own iniquities will capture the wicked, and he will be held with the cords of his sins. He will die for lack of instruction and in the greatness of his folly he will go astray. My son, if ye have become surety for your neighbor, have given a pledge for a stranger. If you have been snared with the words of your mouth, have been caught with the words of your mouth, do this then, my son, and deliver yourself. Since you have come into the hand of your neighbor, go, humble yourself, and inopportune your neighbor. Give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hunter's hand, and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Observe her ways and be wise, which, having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Your poverty will come in like a vagabond, and your need like an armed man. A worthless person 
A wicked man is the one who walks with a perverse mouth, who winks with his eyes, who signals with his feet, who points with his fingers, who with perversity in his heart continually devises evil, who spreads strife. Therefore his calamity will come suddenly. Instantly he will be broken, and there will be no healing. There are six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. My son, observe the commandment of your father, and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light. And reproofs for discipline are the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart, nor let her capture you with her eyelids. For on account of a harlot, one is reduced to a loaf of bread, and an adulteress hunts for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom, and his clothes not be burned? Or can a man walk on hot coals? and his feet not be scorched? So is the one who goes in to his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her will not go unpunished. Men do not despise a thief if he steals, to satisfy himself when he is hungry. But when he is found, he must repay sevenfold. He must give all the substance of his house. The one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense. He who would destroy himself does it. Wounds and disgrace he will find, and his reproach will not be blotted out. For jealousy enrages a man, and he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not accept any ransom, nor will he be satisfied, though you give many gifts. My son, keep my words and treasure my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live, and my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, You are my sister, and call understanding your intimate friend, that they may keep you from an adulteress, from the foreigner who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house I looked out through my lattice, and I saw among the naive, and discerned among the youths, a young man lacking sense. Passing through the street near her corner, and he takes the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and in the darkness. And behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a harlot, and cunning of heart. She is boisterous and rebellious. 
her feet do not remain at home. She is now in the streets, now in the squares, and lurks by every corner. So she seizes him and kisses him, and with a brazen face she says to him, I was due to offer peace offerings. Today I have paid my vows. Therefore I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, with colored linens of Egypt. I have sprinkled my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with caresses. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him. At the full moon he will come home. With her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Suddenly, he follows her, as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as one in fetters to the discipline of a fool, until an arrow pierces through his liver, as a bird hastens to the snare, so he does not know that it will cost him his life. Now therefore, my sons, listen to me, and pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many are the victims she has cast down, and numerous are all her slain. Her house is the way to Sheol, descending to the chambers of death. Today's reading was a fascinating read. We see two overarching themes today. We see the acquiring of wisdom and staying away from evil. More specifically, we see the analogy many times about an adulteress. Stay away from adulterous people. So we see also repeated terms in describing what we're supposed to do with wisdom. So, for example, it says, bind it around your neck. So what does it mean to bind wisdom around your neck? So imagine a necklace, right? So in a necklace is something that we adorn ourselves with in order to show something about ourselves. It's a form of representation of the kind of style we like, just something that brings attention to us, so on and so forth. So we want to show our godliness as an external value. So whatever we believe internally, which is described here as the tablet of your heart, it's not a piece of paper, it's a tablet, a tablet being made of stone. So when you write on a tablet of stone, it is a permanent fixed thing that does not easily fade away. And that's the whole point, is that when we acquire wisdom and we internalize it, we let that be something that is a pillar in our life, something that will absolutely cause us to not be shaken, something that is a permanent addition to our lives. And then, by extension, we have it adorned on our neck so that the world around us knows what we stand for and that we're not going to tolerate the stuff of this world. So it should be obvious to the people around you what and who you stand for. And if it's not, then, well, we got some work to do.
is because it says that if we were to bind it around our neck, the external appearance, and then we write on the tablet of our heart, which is the internal practice, we will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. So it will be respected by people outside of us, as well as it will be pleasing to God. And that should be our ultimate aim, to be pleasing to God. Then we know this famous passage as well, but it is definitely something that we need to explain a bit better. Verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So we see three things that we have to do, and then God will respond. So we, we first need to trust the Lord with all our heart, have an unwavering devotion to him. Then it says we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding. What does that mean? We're not that smart. We think we are. When it comes to sound decision-making, when it comes to godly principles, that is a gift from God. It is wisdom. We in ourselves do not contain wisdom. We have knowledge, sure. We have life experience. But that's not what we're talking about here. It's not leaning on what we understand to be correct, or what we think is right. It needs to be directly what God thinks is right. And we need to follow that. Then it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. So, like it says in the New Testament, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. But not only that, but we also need to invite God into these things. Like it also says, we're supposed to pray without ceasing. Do we involve God in every single aspect of our life? Is he involved in the day-to-day conversations at work? When you have to make a tough decision, do you do a brief prayer? Lord, help me make the right decision. Lord, when you're at work and you're struggling to focus or getting distracted by things, do you pray to God to focus? Do you pray that God will help you focus? When we're with our families, do we pray that, Lord, please don't let me say anything I'll regret? When I'm out in public, do I demonstrate that I love you? Things like that. I mean, we have to, in all of our ways, we have to acknowledge Him. So if we trust the Lord, meaning that we will act in faith, we lean not on our own understanding, meaning we obey the Word of God, and then we involve Him in every aspect of our lives, then it says that He will make your paths straight. Personally, I don't like this translation. I think the King James Version has the best translation of this. It says that he will direct your paths. But let's be honest, even though God will certainly bless our lives, not all of our paths will be straight. What he's referring to here is that you're not going to wander off. You're not going to go off track. Like it says elsewhere, do not turn to the right or do not turn to the left. It means stay on course. And so he will certainly help us to stay on course, and that's what it means by making our path straight. But the King James seems to add another dimension to this. As if not only will he make the path straight, but he will direct you. He will show you the path, and he will make it so obvious that this is the path you're supposed to go. And I think that is a more 
complete description of what's going on here. Here's another important passage we need to remember. Verses 11 and 12. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. What is reproof? Reproof is loving instruction. For who the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. When you're saved, you are no longer under punishment. Okay? The wrath of God has been satisfied by the blood of Jesus Christ. So he's no longer angry with you. You are no longer his enemy. You are his son or daughter. You are his friend. And yet, at the same time, he is still our heavenly father, and he knows much better than we do in everything. And so there will be times that he needs to develop something in you to get you ready for something else. Or when you're struggling in sin, he will not forsake you, but he will correct you. And it may be painful. Sometimes the lessons are painful. But they are meant to accomplish something in you and through his glory. So do not fight God, is what it's trying to say. Do not resist God's will in your life. Do not hate what he's doing, because we sometimes we see in life when things get hard, we're like, Lord, why are you doing this to me? I go to church every Sunday. I pray. I read my Bible. I'm doing this daily Bible reading with this dude online. Why are you punishing me? Why are you making my life much more difficult than it needs to be? We don't see that far ahead. We are so short-sighted as human beings. You have no idea what God is trying to do. He doesn't even have to tell you what he's doing. But what he's doing is for your benefit and for his glory. Don't fight him. It's not always pleasant to be going through the discipline, the chastening of the Lord. But it's necessary for us to grow and develop and become strengthened. So don't fight him. Stop fighting him. Just like it said in the Psalms we read, cease striving, stop fighting me. Be still and know that I am God. Let me see several chapters here. The rest of chapter 3, as well as going into chapter 4, we see wisdom personified again as a woman who we're supposed to hold on to. And following the will of God in his wisdom is very comforting. Because we see we're supposed to be kind and generous to others, but it also is the like it says in verse 17 her ways are pleasant and all her paths are peace you will be at such a peace just like in philippians right 4 6 through 7 be anxious for nothing don't be anxious about anything for in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your requests known to god and the peace of god which is beyond all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's a reason for that. Because you're not anxious for anything because you trust in the Lord with all your heart. And you lean not on your own understanding. You see how this works? It all fits together. You will have nothing to worry about, nor will you be an anxious person if you obey and trust the Lord. Is that easier for some than others? Yes. 
For example, my brain is not very capable of stress. There are so many times where I go through a great deal of stress and I don't even realize I am until my body starts to fight it. I sometimes feel aches and stomach aches or things like that when I'm going through great deals of stress, but mentally I don't break down. But yet at the same time, there's people in my life that are very anxious all the time. They panic at every little thing. They live in a constant state of fear. They're anxious about appearances and things like that. And God has told us not to be that way. I have my own vices. I have my own weaknesses. But for some people, their weakness is anxiety. And so we have to resist those thoughts of wanting to be anxious because it's a lack of trust in what God is doing. So when we get those feelings, we need to reject them and we need to pray. Pray that the Lord will give you the wisdom and the insight to pass through that time. Chapters 3 and 4, you see much of the same kind of language that wisdom will bless you in so many ways. So definitely this is something that we need to take seriously. Chapter 5 and most of chapter 7 are very similar in how we are to abandon lust and looking to foreign women. Not foreign as in they're not from your country, but if you're, for example, you're a married man, your wife is the only woman in the whole world that you need. And you don't need to be giving attention, you don't need to be giving thought to any other woman, especially in a sexual way, because that will just damage things so badly. Pornography is a devastating thing. It's so easy to find. It's all free online. And it just will devastate you. I know that because I speak from experience in my past. And it is not something I'm proud of, but it is the reality of my situation that I have damaged my relationship with my wife and I've damaged myself mentally through that stuff. And I regret it so much. Yet it's so alluring because it's so simple. It's so easy to get. And you know what? I'm not getting what I want from my spouse. I'm just going to get it somewhere else in a very harmless way. And that's what we convince ourselves, right? Oh, it's a harmless thing. Nobody's going to know about it. It's free. It's easy to access. Block my history, whatever. And it's just, it makes it so simple. But yet, what does the Bible say? That's what it's talking about here in chapter 5, beginning in verse 15. Drink water from your own cistern. It's not talking about an actual cistern here. It's talking about the idea that drinking water, what is that? That's life, right? That's enjoyment. That's refreshing. What it's getting at is that if you're married, for example, your wife is the only one that should satisfy you. Your sexual relationship with her is the only thing that you need and should ever want. Because if you don't, then, like it says here, things can happen. Let your fountain be blessed, verse 18, and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let her be the one to satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress and embrace the bosom of a foreigner? 
But here's the real reason, because all that stuff can be done in secret, right? Man will never know. But, verse 21, For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he watches all his paths. You're never alone. God is always watching. He's always making sure that we are in compliance with his word. And if we are not, he knows. And he will do something about it. There will be some sort of consequence in your life by refusing to obey him, by willfully sinning. Again, I know this from experience. So, it is the best thing to resist. That's why it says in the New Testament especially, flee sexual immorality. Flee. It doesn't say to resist it. It says to flee from it, run from it. Think about Joseph when he was a slave in Egypt, when he was in the house of Potiphar. Potiphar's wife was coming on to him strong and would not leave him alone. Kept harassing him, kept trying to get in bed with him, and he kept refusing. Then what happened that one time, even though he went to jail for it anyway, what did he do? She literally grabbed him and said, make love to me right now. And he ran. He, the jacket that he was wearing, you know, the coat he was wearing was, you know, he had to literally yank himself off. He had to take some clothing off in order to run away from her. That's how serious he took it. And that's the attitude that we're supposed to have when it comes to sin. All sins. Run from them. Do not bargain with them. Do not think, oh, I can, I'm strong enough to fight this. No, you're not. Because it's not you that can fight it. You have no spiritual power on your own. It is a gift from God. And it says clearly in the Bible, flee sexual morality. Run away from it. Cut off the source of it. Don't try and resist it. You will fail every time. Do this, because that is what God has said to do. Chapter 6 is actually going a little bit off trail for a bit, um, starting in verse 6, where we are comparing ourselves to ants. Because the one thing that we cannot be, as not only as Christians, but as people in general, we cannot be lazy. Laziness is not acceptable in God's eyes. Because like we're reading in the Proverbs here, that nothing but destruction and folly comes from being lazy. So we should not be lazy at all. Then it mentions seven things that God hates. Now, to be clear, this is not an exhaustive list. This is not just everything God hates and that's it. But it's talking about the ones that he particularly does not like. Which if you notice, there's a couple of them that are repeated here. What is the one in this list that is repeated? A lying tongue and a false witness who utters lies. Anytime the, you have to know this about the Bible. If the Bible ever has to repeat itself, it is definitely worth noting. God does not waste his time by repeating himself, but to show with emphasis how much he dislikes something or how much he loves something. In this case, he doubly hates liars. He gets enough lies from Satan all the time, and he does not want it to be in our nature either. So do not be a liar. 
Then the rest of chapter 6 and chapter 7 go into great detail about how adultery can entice us and trick us into thinking that it satisfies us in some way, but all it will do is just poison us and will cause us to go into destruction. It is not worth it, especially when you're young. That's why it talks about here in chapter 7, like in verse 6, For at the window of my house I looked out through the lattice, and I saw among the naive and discerned among the youths a young man lacking sense. There he is, easy prey. He's young, he's not well versed in the ways of God, he's vulnerable. And this is the one that the adulteress goes for. So you cannot be that person. So certainly that's why we read this stuff, so that we can learn and let God teach us how to resist sin. Because it is through him only that we are able to do that. So we have a job to do. We have a job to avoid the sins of this world and to trust in the Lord. And he will direct your paths. He will not direct you to adultery if you're following his path. If you are obedient to the Lord's calling, you will not fall into laziness. He's giving us the solution here. We just need to do it. It really should be that simple. The takeaway for today needs to be to trust the Lord with all your heart and do not resist his instruction. The worst thing of all is that if he's not instructing you at all, that means you're either far from him and you have completely ignored him, or you're not saved at all. Because he only disciplines the ones that he loves. So you really have to think about that. Where do you stand, and why aren't you hearing from God? Why aren't you seeing any movement from him in your life? There's some tough questions we have to ask ourselves if that happens to be us. But let's work toward the end of what chapter 3 was teaching us because of all the benefits that come through the, chapter, the other chapters that we read. And that is all that I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.